Karina Gould um, from the uh, in, from the Indigenous Women Led Land Trust of the, of the East Bay, Penny Opal Plant, um, one of the founders of I Don't Know More Bay Area, and Mona Lisa Wallace Esquire. Green Feminist is her Twitter handle. If you want to follow um, some of the amazing work that she does, uh, thank you so much for tuning in and stay tuned. The Common Thread Collective is coming up next here on MutinyRadio.fm. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like changing the law to make it healthier for everyone. Hey, you know what? Inspiration is contagious. Peace. Thank you. Stay tuned.
Times they are changing. Wowzy. Welcome to the Common Thread Collective. And that was Bob Dylan, 1963 or so. And uh, for a while it seemed to fade and so on, but, but we won't forget that uh, that's the first time Bob Dylan went worldwide, nationwide, saying the times they are changing. Well, it looks to me it's happening again. And once again, Val. The, 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 the role of the show, the Common Thread Collective. And hey, that comes from these four lines that came to me. What do we do? We cast a wide net. 
We find the common thread. We let their life flourish. And I say, don't panic. I just keep it organic. And hey, Val. Yo, Dave. Tomorrow's, uh, this is a prequel, prequel for the March tomorrow, which is going to be my, my sense that this is going to be amazing. This is going to be special. And here we are. And I have, uh, uh, here's the Gilda on our listening tour out of the Dene Nation. Here's, uh, uh, here's, uh, here's Kelly. Kelly, I know from uh, I know from Occupy many times. She's a photographer, and here you are again, Kelly. Welcome to the Common Thread Collective. Thank you very much, Dave. Glad to be here. And it, well, good good to be here and good to be doing what we're doing. And you brought a guest with you too, a special person. I did. I brought Loa Numea Tola. Sorry, I probably butchered that again. Loa, you put your thumb up. Close, close enough. Let me get that. She is a activist with the Pacific Island Contingent, and she is here to talk about her group and why she's here and what we're doing. And, and, and that we're all connected. And uh, this be uh, this be uh, uh, Gilda from the Dene Nation. And those connections we can think of between the Oceanic, the people out there on those islands, and where, what's happening in the Dene Nation, which is kind of an island too in a way when we, if we look at it that way, but we're coming together. We're finding that common thread. So Kelly, why don't you talk about what you've been doing now for months to help bring this out. Talk a bit about it. So glad that you're there and here. Well, for since about June, we started planning a massive climate march because the Climate Summit is coming to San Francisco. <clears throat> so we started gathering back then, and at the very first uh, planning meeting, there was over 200 people there, and I'm not exaggerating. The line was out the door for a half hour. It was extraordinary. Wow. We have dozens and dozens of groups coming together representing and planning this whole extravaganza from the march to speakers to songs and creating art and the very largest street mural that has ever been created that's the big goal yeah very exciting saturday here we go saturday here we go so in the morning saturday when about 10 or so people are gathering where mm -hmm. we are gathering at the ferry building at embarcadero the march will start at 10 o'clock the there will be two specific um, ceremonial moments at 11 and 2 o'clock where we'll have some moments of silence and then we'll move into song. And so at that point, we're still for that hour, we'll still be in front of the ferry building, is that right? Correct. And then we'll be heading down to Civic Center. And people are, are encouraged, I guess, to find one another. They've been doing that. So we're going to have a wide variety of contingents, I, I assume. Uh, yeah, dozens and dozens and dozens of contingents coming together. We are leading the march with uh, indigenous grandmothers, and so we want to make sure that women know that if you're an indigenous person, and please come to the front of the march and lead it with us. Lousy. Wow. And uh, in fact, Gilda, you've come all the way. You've made this part of your listening tour to be, to be part and parcel of this. Am I right? Um, yes, Dave. I think there's a common thread here. That's what we're talking about. To come out and lead the march tomorrow with um, everybody here. And the common thread is that, you know, we all care about Mother Earth. We want to be able to have a clean, healthy environment for all our peoples. And that includes everybody here. So that's our common thread 
Dave. Thank you so much. Well, that's an important comment to spread. It's yeah. what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And and about the fact that you're here on a beautiful Friday afternoon, and we've been doing this for how long? Many years, right? Many years, Dave. Yes, you yeah. and I have been doing this show together since 2011. But uh, the oh, comment. Congratulations. Thread- Thank you. And the Common Thread Collective goes back a couple of years before that. That's so right. this, this might be the 10th anniversary of Common Thread Collective oh this year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and the role that's emerged is that we're, that we're kind of a voice, or not the voice, but kind of a voice of what's happening. And we encourage people to come and play the music. We encourage people to bring their word, their spoken word, their poetry, their what, whatever we can put on, the, uh, put out there around the planet, and put it out there and do it and be a voice for all this. So, Lola, welcome. Welcome, you Dave. Thank you leave? so much. Yeah. Well, come here for a second before we'll, you. Do. We'll, we'll see. You, we'll see you tomorrow, Gilda. Okay. And thank you for being. Thank you for being on uh, Women's Magazine today. That's right. And so people can Check out the podcast. Uh, Women's Magazine will be a podcast. Uh, it is probably already, or will be soon. Yeah, it very well may be. Mut- MutinyRadio.fm is, is where we broadcast live, stream live around the planet, and also in our podcast archive, you can search for our shows, Women's Magazine, and also here, Common Thread Collective. And uh, the search by the date today is September 7th, 2018, by the way. And if you were talking about finding one another, they're in front of the ferry building. And bring your uh, bring your uh, bring your colors, bring your art to art, bring whatever you like to bring, because that's what this show is like. This is a radio. This is you can hear it, but we can't quite see it yet. <laughs> but uh, but when you, uh, tomorrow we'll be seeing it. We'll be connecting with one another. We'll be feeling this amazing energy, Kelly, and amazing energy that you and I know goes back to a long, long time. But I can keep remembering those days in Occupy, where we occupied, where we brought our tents, where we had, where we served the food, where we served free food, where we shared, where community emerged. And you have a lot of those pictures, don't you? I have a lot of those pictures, Dave. Yes. And where can they be found? Uh, they can be found on my website, Kelly Johnson, RevolutionaryPhotography.com. All right. Well, is he? Hey, yeah. Val. It's amazing how uh, all these connections come together, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes, to, many times, to our surprise, and oh, yes. we build on. And uh, this role that we do not have the voice, but a voice. Hey, Val. And I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm just so. I'm just so happy to be a part of all this in in terms of uh, being a place where we can come together, where um, everyone can bring their passions, um, share their work, share their words, connect, um, and we can, you know, spread the love from San Francisco because that's that's what it's all about. And uh, um, Gilda, they have have other events to go to. We go and mention... We'll mention... that we mentioned that we're getting together, that we're finding one another, that we'll be doing it uh, for sure. And uh, so here we are. And Kelly, Kelly, what occurs to me now is, of course, have you been speaking when you've had your monthly meetings and your weekly sub-meetings and really been devoted to this, just like you were devoted to Occupy, uh, taking pictures, occupying, making it, help making it together, chronicling it. It's only talk about where we go from here. This is a big step forward. 
And where, where do we go yeah. from here? Can I interject here, Diamond no, Day? I just wanted piece. to, you know, I'm, I'm just very happy to be here on your show. Um, Our show. You, you know, I'm from a, I'm from a small island in the Pacific, and that's, um, and we, my brothers and sisters from the Pacific Islands, we, we are, we're from small islands, you know, mm. Dave. But we feel that we, we are big. We're actually from a big island because we also look at the Great Pacific Ocean as also our land. Oh yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm just also so proud, as, as Val said, that perhaps today is your 10th anniversary for your show and I just have to say I mean as, as small people from us we're, we're not small people we're at all people. we're big and, and we people. are big people aren't we Dave people. Oh God, <laughs> our big people but I yeah go ahead. but um, as a humbled people I guess is what I mean a humbled people coming from a place that's you know um, far off from the belly of the beast the United States of America a humble yeah. indigenous people it's with gratitude and, and with great honor that I sit here and listen to you about how amazing you know to be here in San Francisco a place of struggle that I I always learned about when I was growing up, even in, in, in um, when I was growing up in Tonga, and also when I was growing up in Utah when we became when we came as immigrants through the Mormon Church to Utah. That's oh, that's, that's where it. I grew up. San Francisco was a place to always dream about. One day you're going to go as an activist, you know, and and be in the movements, the movements for struggle and for change. And I'd forgotten that it was the Mormons. Who, uh, who actively went out there the, uh, converting people is what they do. You have to spend a couple of years at a certain point in your life when you're young to going out somewhere to be sent out other by these old Mormon guys. Cross to be lighting sent. missions. Exactly. Yeah. That's the word. <laughs> and what's, what's your island, by the way? Tonga. It's right by Samoa and Fiji. Tonga. Yeah. What's yeah. That? No. But you know, some other islands that we're representing on Saturday are the Marshall Islands, which is in forefront of climate change. The the islands are sinking. I mean, most actually the Pacific Islands. Uh, we have parts in every island country that is sinking. Uh, Kiribati is also an island that is going underwater right now as we What's talk. That? What island is uh, that? Kiribati. Spell yeah. it, please. Yes, K I R I B A T I, and then also Tuvalu, and and islands of also Papua New. Guinea. Yeah, we wow. have climate warriors, uh, excuse me, climate refugees looking um, for, uh, are relocating from their homelands. And if you find one another, so it sounds to me as if you spend a lot of your uh, waking hours uh, connecting with other people from these islands and then bringing yes. it to the world. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, they're my people, you know, they're, they're in my heart, you know, that, um, you know, uh, when we were talking about, when Gilda was talking about, she's Denae, and we were talking about our common thread, That's you know, as a Tongan person, our land is called Fonua. And then when the baby is born and, and, and you know, the mother and the baby, they're connected by an umbilical cord. And then when you, and you have to separate them and so you cut it. And when you take the, and what you do is you take the umbilical cord and you go and you bury it in the land. So the umbilical cord is also called Fonua. So there are many, yeah. many umbilical cords, generations yeah. of umbilical yeah. cords. That connection to home, connection yes. to life, the life source. The baby is never, is never disconnected from the mother. So the land is, is our mother is really when you say Mother Earth, the land is as, as a Pacific people. And I feel we share this with indigenous people all over the world. And even people who may dare claim they're not indigenous, you know, that they dare claim they're not indigenous people because of their westernization and their colonization. We're here. We'll hold, we'll hold that land because we still remember. We wow. still remember where our placenta is. It's still to my land. And, and to all my brothers and sisters, you know, we're voyaging people, Diamond Dave. People who have voyaged for so many, so many centuries. 
Wow. And so this, uh, on your island, there's generations of umbilical cords. Yeah. Right there. So good to the earth, and it turns to the earth. So we let you grow there, and we let you walk on there. There's umbilical cords of generations. And whatever the Mormons, they don't like this kind of thing, of course. They like to wipe that, uh, that kind of thing out because they want you to be a Mormon. Well, they, they, it was they, tough growing up there but, it but hey we made it out and you made it out and you hey. continue to bury those umbilical yes. cords but you know uh, Dave you know we love the, the Utes people that we grew up with also the Diné in Utah I mean those are people that kept us alive too they're spirits even if we didn't see people all the time because we were separated we were told that we were not indigenous when we came as Mormons we were told that we were only coming for the American dream that we were supposed to follow you know the colonial um, master and the colonial pattern but um, um, we, th- we thank the indigenous people of Utah. I will always remember them in my heart and those beautiful canyons in Utah that kept us alive so many years that we lived there. So I so much gratitude to that land. So can it's I, a, it's I'm a, sorry, can ahead. I ask uh, a question? Kelly, Kelly, it's pretty, this is a free willing conversation. Can you, Loa, talk about how um, your folks integrate kind of spirituality with their environmentalism i've heard a little bit about it but i'd love to hear an elaboration on on that connection and and how the two are almost symbiotic how we found one another how we happen to be sitting on a beautiful friday afternoon mm-hmm. with our my history and her history your history yes and yes. here we are from the island to utah and finding one another what and and uh, finding one another because we're talking about an american dream but it's not an american dream of the powers that be it's not the american people do you want you to convert to the book of mormon or whatever book they want you to to uh, bow to but instead it's about finding one another and building communities which is both a, a, what i'm saying to i think what you're saying kelly well we come from these different i'm 80 years old so i've got I was called, I come out of Minnesota. Minnesota. And I hear I have some Ojibwe, but I, in fact, most of it is Jewish and uh, whatever. But, but here we found one another and we share this dream, which is not the dream of the powers that be, but the dream of people arising, finding one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the times there are changed, as said Bob Dylan way are. And so we're way back then, women stepping up, men stepping back, perhaps. That's, that seems to be the time we're in, and a new world being born. Take it Yes, away. yes, Dave. It is the dream of our ancestors that we're together here in Mutiny Radio on this afternoon of Friday at the wake of the greatest, biggest, largest uh, march against climate change yet, against, as, as Penny Opal Plant said. Um, climate change, hey, let's call it for what it is, climate destruction. Mm-hmm. And Kelly, just to answer your question, you know, that's why I stand here in such humility, um, Val and, and Dave and Kelly, in, in this Ohlone land that we're in, Yalamu, San Ohlone Francisco. And where I live in Berkeley, in Huchin, Ohlone, Lishan Ohlone. Um, to, to be able to, to come through, I was telling about our immigration journey through the Mormon church to Utah, forgetting so much things about our being indigenous. Mm-hmm. But I think um, my ancestors, with all the struggle of coming to the belly of the beast, my ancestors wanted us to come here so we could relearn these things, so we could reclaim these things, so I could sit in this room with you guys and we can march together with our voices. Because, Kelly, the truth is, um, my tongue and people, we've lost so many of our indigenous chants and things, um, especially at the making of, of the nation, which we had to have a kingdom, we had to have a king, unite so many of the brilliant independent um, um, mm. 
uh, kingdoms that were already there. You know, they had to be, it, it had to become this kind of homogenous thing under a kingdom. Mm-hmm. So um, we've lost so many of these things, but that's why I'm so grateful for my Pacific. It's still strong. And I'm so grateful for the New Zealand Maori brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And of course, shout out Kumu Kaui, um, um, who is a sister of ours, um, who, who lives here in, in the Bay Area, who helps us so much with the Pacific Islanders. So much love to the Kanaka Maoli of um, Hawaii. That's a native Hawaiians for standing up for saying no. Actually, we have to say no to 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 America, to America KKK. We have to say no. We have to stop the genocide of indigenous people mm. from the Pacific, and we have to stop our our colonization. Just to quickly throw it out there, that for instance, you know Kelly uh, in Aotearoa. Aotearoa in a place called Wanganui, they have, uh, I think it was 2017, they gave, um, they had fought for 140 years to fight for their river, the Wanganui River, and it was finally um, given to them, and it has personhood. So the Wang- yeah, Wanganui yeah, River is a person. But you, yeah, people are like, so what does that mean that a river is a person? Mm. Well, what that means, Dave, is that, um, what that means is that the... The spirit... Yes, the spirit is, is strong. And when uh, there's a company, say, who wants to come and frack around that land, who wants to come and destroy the land, who wants to come and pollute those waters, they will have to answer to a whole entire tribe. Mm-hmm. Not just one person, not just like a leader, not just one person. That, you know, like, oh, the president of your tribe would have. No, they have to answer to a whole entire tribe. That means generations of people, the past, the future, and the present. So that's kind of a lot of people that you're going to, and, and a lot of spirits and a lot of power that you're going to have to answer to. And where's so, that so, river again? Wanganui River is in uh, Northland. It's in the northern part of Aotearoa, New Zealand. Wow. Mm-hmm. It seems so like a all? way better personhood than corporations. Yes. Yeah. Right? It seems uh, way more realistic and honest. And uh, right. Because it's this actually is, something that's, that's alive. Yeah. And exactly. this has been happening. Yes. This has been happening all over the planet mm-hmm. in so many different ways. Yes. But I think we're entering a time in which all of these different personhoods are coming back together. That's why I say take on the wall, open the doors, take down the walls, get rid of the borders too. Families, bands, tribes, communities, collectives, I believe in that, but borders just align on their map. Yes, And yes. We're, 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 something is emerging here. And it's much more important than just to change the government, much more important than just one group going out and another group coming in. But an understanding, it's where spirits, politics, poetry, personhood, as you said. <laughs> all the things the, I love. All, well, I see that, which you're more than naturally. All meet, and it can meet naturally right here. At, uh, right here at, and this is just by a, a strange, uh, turn of the, this is called Mutiny Radio. And when they changed it from the Pirate Cat Radio, which was called originally, this was also Pirate Radio, but they discovered it, but were heard by thousands of people around the planet on the internet, as we speak now. Plus, I'll tell you, the podcast goes up as soon as the show is over, so you can hear it. You can hear it uh, on your uh, your laptop or on your phone or whatever, it's right there. 
and uh, get some ideas. And I want you to, uh, I want to tell you is that, uh, anybody, that you, as you're running into people, as you can meet people and they're sharing their various struggles, their various communities, their various loves, tell them about this Friday afternoon because yes. everybody's welcome here. And also, if you play music, if poetry that's sometimes called the spoken word is what you do, as you can see, come on through because we cast that wide net and we find that common thread. Kelly, hasn't all of that always been true? You've always. seen how I roll. Yes, sir. It's one of my favorite things about you. Well, <laughs> oh, I feel and, and, Hey, sister, I love you so much. Love at first sight. <laughs> love at first sight. Look at this. <laughs> love at first sight. I believe in that. I just wanted to thank you so much, Dave, for having us, too. We haven't had a chance to say that. I really appreciate you inviting us over to talk about tomorrow. Thank you again. Talk about tomorrow. Thank you so much, Dave. And one of the things I say is the past shakes hands for the future, for the now, right now. <laughs> Here we are, and that's it. And another is dancing sideways down the ribbon of time, the path ahead lit by the echo of behind, dancing sideways down the ribbon of time, the path ahead lit by that echo behind. And that's pretty much what you're talking about, isn't it? That echo of, of all those uh, umbilical cords that are planted on your island. Uh, hundreds, maybe thousands yes. of years, mm -hmm. umbilical cords, since the people what uh, did they originally row in from other islands and so on, they rolled in and they looked around to this uninhabited island and they said, and here we make our stand. Is that right? That happened thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago. That's right. Do you yes. know that uh, history, mm -hmm. history? How that happened? It's 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 ancient. Ancient. What? Yes. Mm -hmm. Ancient. Ancient. And and been disturbed by the past several hundred years, thousand right. years yes. of colonialism Rich and racism and genocide. That's right, Val. Yeah. Climate uh, climate destruction is is a kind of colonialism. But so colonization is not new to us. So we've suffered greatly, though. We continue to suffer today because of it. You know, um, capitalism, um, private property, Dave, these kinds of ideas. Mm. You know, we, we continue to suffer from them. So when we look at climate change, it's only, I, I, I'm so grateful for the opportunity I have to work on this march as to be the main organizer for the Pacific Islander contingent. Wow. Because I was, you know, when I came in, because um, my sister Fui Fui, she did it last uh, 2015, the march in Oakland, and she did an amazing job. And she's just an amazing uh, organizer and just an amazing human Where being. Where is she? Uh, she's um, working on her dissertation. Um, <laughs> dissertation is actually about uh, sexual violence and and the state um, of wow. of being of Tonga and and um, and and also being Pacific Islander. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, this, I'd love to talk to her. She though this these are the two or three or one hours whatever are open to people about it to find that common thread. Yes. Yeah. And that sounds like an interesting set. So talk, to let her know this is happening. And let us know this is happening. The great thing about this is, is this right, Val, that it's pretty much, well, over through the summer, it's every other Friday. But uh, it's usually each and, other Friday, each and every Friday to come on in. You don't need a special invitation. And my role is to make sure, as an MC, is that nobody goes away mad. Nobody goes away sad. Everybody goes away glad, able to do what they came, what they came to do, and to find that common thread and to get to know one another in, in a good way. Kelly, Dave, 
and I, and I think we have uh, the I mean, the common threads are like f- like float flying in the wind today, like twirling around in here. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine um, who did her dissertation, uh, she she just became a doctor of peace, uh, uh, pe- peace and conflict, but stress emphasis wow. on the peace part. Yeah. Um, she's down at the Pacific Media Center in Auckland, New Zealand. Oh my goodness! And so oh my goodness! She told me today, she's like, we'll be out on the streets wow. in New Zealand tomorrow as wow. well, and she did her dissertation she uh, on um guam and the north and the northern mariana islands yes. okay. and the struggles that they have there with the military colonization yes. and that continues to be pervasive yes. um wanting to you know the u.s military wants to move everybody off of one of the islands right. so just so that they yes. could bomb it for for practice like strategic that. bombing practice yes. i mean yes. this hor- horrendous you know um affronts to not only yeah. the people there traumatizing the people moving them off of trying to move them off of their lands or sequester them to one part of a very small island so they could bomb the other side. Um, and there's so many like American veterans who come from the Pacific too, who yes. come from Guam yes. and yes. and yet the, the military continues to just try to utilize these these islands and, and and abuse these people and cultures um, for for target practice. Yeah. Um, so well, I think uh, American Samoa, which is just Samoa, um, it has the most uh, per capita uh, soldiers, right. especially in Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So and, you, and so the the death toll for that small island. So it's the same thing with climate destruction. How in you know like Penny Opal Plant was saying in the southern part of the hemisphere where where the seas are rising and and people are just trying to survive because their seas are overtaking the overtaking their homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and also overtaking of uh, just lots of um, lots of photographs come to mind overtaking their sacred burial sites and, and these schools and, and these kinds of things. Um, you know, their plantations to our, or their uh, places where they grow food in their gardens. But, um, really, so much to do. And I know I'm getting a vision of the oceanic people. That here you are, born raised in many different islands, brought around different Western colonialist uh, churches. Some say, the the Mormons say, well, we'll take this one. The Catholics say, take this one. And they work out something, and then they kind of descend on it. But in fact, I see one one people emerging. Is that right? One maybe emerging. Well, we're going to take a break, I think. Uh, Kelly. Yeah, we'll play a little music. Kelly Johnson, Revolutionary Photography. Dave, Dave, I was trying to sneak out on you. I I know. We're doing saying farewells. And how uh, are you going to be found tomorrow? Are you going to be, do you have things exactly? You're going to be running around so much. I'm going to be at 6 o'clock, and I am going to be every single where. And I got secret sonic access to a roof, so I can get all of those murals that we will be painting in the afternoon oh my goodness be more excited about it that's so cool kelly johnson we'll see her from behind the lens um how how it usually comes through 
And then um, I just got a, I, I, I heard out of the corner of my ear that there was going to be stuff, and this, uh, this is part of a conference. This is our, our people's role at providing this conference that's coming up. Uh, know that we're here. Right. And we're listening, and we're participating, and we're right here. The, our human, the human beings coming together right here. So, Kelly, so good to see you. And, Dave, I've got to go, too. Yeah. Thank okay, you, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So, so hang up. Us. Let's wind up. Diamond Dave, thank you so much. And thank you so much, Val. Val. Kia ora to your friend, too, in New Zealand. All right. And Hopper Dave you. with for her studies in Guam. Yeah. Yeah, you, thank you. Are I'm you actually, living here in the Bay Area? Yes, I live in Berkeley. Berkeley. Well, Berkeley. Right. Well, let's, well, let's, so we'll just are. get in you touch. Let's do a little prayer. Bro. Okay. Uh, uh, hold on. <laughs> let's do a little prayer. And I, I'm on a, it's called the Red Road. I always like to use this. It's, it's the warrior path, and for me, it's the sober path. I've been on 17 years. So this is a prayer of the Red Road. It's taken from the Lakota, but I think it works in every situation. I'd like to say at least once a day. And, it, and uh, the warrior path, the sober path, that's the one I'm on at 80. Thanks to the Red Road and thanks to the, all of this happening. It goes like this. Great spirit, whose voice I hear in the wind, whose breath gives life to the world. Hear me. I come to you as one of your many children. I'm small and weak, but I need your strength and wisdom about doing more together than, than we, any of us can do I own. I need your strength and wisdom. May I walk in beauty. Takashila, all my relations. And that's the beauty way, and I believe that's the path we're all on. That's the path that's emerging, whether it be from the island or from the, from the, the, from the islands or, the, or the, wherever it is we're from. We're finding our common thread. Hey, Val, do you have anything you'd like to add? I think you said it all, Dave. I haven't said it all. So, hey, Kelly, I'm opening the door. I said, take down the walls, open the doors, get rid of the borders, too. Kelly, yep. uh, 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 give us a last summation of what occurs to you. We're, we're going to take it away from here, and we'll see us uh, all tomorrow. At, uh, tomorrow, uh, wherever we had Occupy, pretty much. Exactly, yep. We're going to be in Embarcadero and Civic Center. Everybody, we would love to have as many people as would like to come out, come out. You can come out sing. You can come out and paint. You can come out and march. Yeah, Just I mean, join us. Okay. Yeah. As far as is concerned, it's legal now. Not on the streets, Dave. Just kidding. Oh, yeah. um, sure, yeah. Well, we're, Thank you. It's yeah. wonderful to be connected with yeah. all of everyone in this room. It's. I feel like yeah. this, this day is, is already just very, very special. What a beautiful day, yeah. Um, and, and luckily, we're all local, so this can happen yeah. again yeah. here at Mutiny Radio pretty much anytime you want. Okay, do your, do your, uh, we're going to end with a blessing. Oh, they, they have to wonderful. go. They have something to do. Just as my, so give us a, bl a blessing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, just um, language. yeah, you know, and, and thank you. Okay, so that's to our Moana um, Nui, the great Pacific Ocean for us, is our grandmother. Just I just said thank you so much for the love and thank you for keeping our sacred relationship. Excuse me, that's what we're all about, Val. <laughs> sacred relationship. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Blessings on your journey. This is Mary Isis music.
I like ending this way over this beautiful, beautiful music. To tie it together, these are the words that came to me just before I, uh, just before I turned 80. I want to say, oh, my old man, it's all over. And here's the word. Please repeat it after me. Out there or in here or wherever we happen to be. Let's do it. Learn to love. Learn to love. Learn to love. Love. love to learn. Love to learn. This never ends. And this I thought for never a minute, I said, that's it. This is what we're doing here on a Friday afternoon. It's what I'm doing in life. That's what keeps me young at, at 80, born in 1937. So much history and history coming together. Thank you, Val, for helping me this
All right, that was some music from Mary Isis. You should definitely check out maryisismusic.com. I'm going to be playing a little bit more from her. Um, she's someone who actually grew up um, mostly in Hawaii, um, but definitely stings beautiful music and is very, very in tune with uh, the universe and the spirit of life. And so um, she has been a guest here on Mutiny Radio before. So happy to play music from Mary Isis. Um, in, in addition to, what's that, Dave? Not only was she a guest here, here in her, here had a group of sisters who began out of the Big Island, mm-hmm. who began their U.S. tour right here. It's true. That was a few years ago now. And about remember, four years and ago. when she got back to the Big Island, she told other people, "When you come, who are coming up to uh, coming to the the, the, the forty-eight, whatever the mainland, uh, not mainland, come here." The mainland, that's an interesting idea, that we're the mainland. Well, we're the anyway, big, big they, land. Okay, big <laughs> land. And, uh, when, they, when they got back to the big island, they told other musicians when you, who were about to go on tour, well, when you start your tour in San Francisco, that's be sure right. to come to Mutiny Radio. Yeah, and they have, and they have. Some have become famous. What's his name? Uh, well, well, we, you know, when you open the door, right, Dave, and, and let people come in and uh, welcome everyone, then people want to keep coming back and tell people to come here. So we're really grateful for Mutiny Radio and, uh, um, you know, the Common Thread Collective is a very, very special entity here. Hell yeah. A flagship show, we could say. Flagship. But uh, a flag is a world flag. It's, a, it's whatever flag Peace it is. Flag. It's a clothes rather than a, a flag of any nation. Mm. Any nation, we're transcending all of the nations because we can. We're being heard uh, totally, uh, totally across borders. Borders, I say, take uh, take on the walls, open the doors, get rid of the borders too. Families, bands, tribes, communities, collectives, personas, uh, human beings. I'll add that too. But borders, just a line on their map. And the Mutiny Radio, you can wherever you happen to be, whatever side of any artificial borders, we're here. And look who's here. We got another two. Hey, brother. Hey, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hey, both of you. Rob, so good to see you back. Ah, oh, it's great to be back. And we're, we've just had an amazing... The sister's coming through. And we're talking about the... Do you know about the march tomorrow, by the way? I am entertaining tomorrow. Where? I'm at the march. I'm part of the entertainment. I have a, an environmental short story or poem. I don't know which yet. And that's going to be early on in the... You know, I'm not sure about the timing. I think it's closer to ten, yeah. Yeah, that's that's down at down at the uh, down at the Embarcadero Plaza end of things. Yes. Okay. Okay, that will be. That's going to be an amazing collection of human beings. I can tell. (laughs) So anyway, what what did you bring today, brother? Here's look who's here. And Jack, 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 and Jack. I I got a couple of my ancient poems from half a century ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's uh, okay. Go ahead. Um, Halfway to antique. Yeah, yeah, pretty old, that's for sure. <laughs> this, this first one is about when I was a kid. Um, I was born to be Roy Rogers, Hopalong Cassidy, the Cisco kid, flying champion, topper, Diablo across the prairies of morning, born especially to die, shot with imaginary bullets from a dirty stick. 20,000 drawn-out groaning deaths rolling down the hills heaped up to make the basements of suburbia America till my brother told where I stole the wood from my dugout Fort Apache and I had to come in for the night. I was born for the glories of science, studying past midnight neath my big star-strewn window in upstairs bedroom Milwaukee for A's in chemistry, physics, trig, so I could be Henry Ford, Horatio Alger, Hank Reardon, hero of Ayn Rand, capitalist epic, 
and garner scads of lovely lucre, and win the heart of Dagny Taggart, till my telltale brothers, who actually did buy into this cruel material dream, called her the girl with dollar sign eyes and made a mockery of all my fond imaginings. I was born to ride the whale's road, yeoman companion of oilers and able seamen, to steal the ship's bell for barmaid Bonnie of Craig's Tavern, high in the sea cliffs of St. John, Newfoundland. Born to howl threnodies of anguish and to tell the way to moonlight mill-pond doldrums of South Pacific, then to land splat in sixties Frisco summer of love, head full of pot and poetry, arch-enemy of true love vows and jealousy, to metamorphose into free love wizard of hippie commune tribe, vanguard of art revolution, sure of final liberation of American dream, till I'm caught one night in an anti-war riot, sabotaging free enterprise, to be cuffed and dragged off for eldritch tortures in backroom Berkeley pig station, then thrown out on the traumatized streets in the dawn of yuppie coup to co-op all populist prerogatives, just in time to witness the final fencing of the right to pursue felicity. I was born to be the mad scholar of the shattered heart, to trace the mazes of tireless verse in the musty libraries of the University of the West in quest of the ultimate solution to a mortal fate, to wander pondering beneath the stars in the wee small hours of Oakland till inspiration, faith, tenacity, and tuition are all used up. My brain's finally blown in seizures of spasmodic cognition, and I'm luckily sidetracked, rescued, abducted, seized by a horde of mad bikers off the California coast to fly through mirages of noon away from the horrors of thought. That's kind of Ginsburg, uh, John Dos Passos, so much our woman together, and you said it's 50 years old, that poem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, really, I, that's yourself 50 years ago. Yep, I got one more. Is that well, okay? well, would you, we have David Williams on the phone? I just no, 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 no. He's, he's calling in a few. Okay, good. I'm go watching ahead. the phone. One more. Jack, that was, one of my, that was one of my favorites of your pieces. Oh, well, it doesn't rhyme. I like to rhyme these days. But oh, oh no, 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 no. But it's got, it's, it's got so much to it, though. It's, it's, it's a tale. Okay, well, this one, this one is it's, it's just after Vietnam. It's called September 1975. Mm. So the magic comes back. It was only the war and love outlast hate. And the craftsman sets up his afternoon tables on the sun side of Telegraph Avenue and young college students saunter sachet up towards the campus, looking for love, believing in love and in wonder, with the revitalizing face of the young. And the natural fantasy of life seeps back into Berkeley, filling the vacuum of the ambience of war's surreal absurdity, and the time of martial law and the time of cordons of armed troops marching through Sathergate and the time of police murders is gone and was never real, like the time of joy that has come back strong to dispel again, but now forever the wind of pig horror that anciently blew through is from the garbage dump of human greed. And various poets and painters and music makers who lived happily alone before the folly commenced, who lived high in towers of cold aesthetic isolation, pursuing the favors of forsaken gods of bleak, tormented luster, strange, indrawn, recalcitrant spirits who were never really young and only invaded the landscapes of human care and human need to fall against the fleeting chaos that ground through town 10 or 15 years ago and only seemed a permanent change but was really the last throes of dying evil, high school pariahs whose passion could muster the courage to risk any harm but never quite summon the guts to love. They are now exiled from their easy book-lined cells of fond escape, thrown to the mercy of the smiles of ageless desire, ambling inexorably toward them along telegraph, where paradise has come to live forever since the fists of war have unclenched for caressing. 
Wow. The fists of war have unclenched for caressing. Caressing. What's what's the context of saying everything? Was that written uh, was that written in the seventies? Yeah, seventy. September nineteen seventy five. So your poetry the words you do capture these moments in time. Moments in time that I also enjoyed. I was there. I was there. I was living in uh, Berkeley. I was living uh, uh, just off Adeline, right by the farmer, the flea market, the farmer's market. You know what I mean. Sure, I sure do. And that was a, a place to come on a Sunday and a happening place and a po- po- poetry place. All these connections. Val, all this history is amazing. It's just, but do we have David Williams now? He, he did call in. Yes, we do. David Williams is on the phone. Okay. Would you like to put your headphones on so you can I hear? I want people on Rob. I want you to think of a few that do something. You know, I have a whole pages in front of you, but you're going to take us out. So, David Williams, are you there? I'm here. How you doing, Diamond Dave? How are we doing? How are you doing? That's the word that people I hear 50 times a day, and I always have the same answer. Good enough. Do you want to have you been enough. listening to the show at all? Uh, no, just the last couple of minutes. I've been totally busy, but I'm here just okay, well, to wait until a thunderstorm ended at Greenville Park, and now it's not so noisy. I thought I'd call you in. I don't know what I'm doing. We're here with the. Uh, I'm here with Glenn, uh, uh, who's the I, Glenn Wilson, and he's a journalist, and he has a uh, online called NewAmericanJournal.net. And uh, he did an article today uh, about the adventures I've been having here at Greenville Park and the overture to the White House going there on August 30th and beating the drum with the peace pole and then uh, coming back here and then took some pictures and wrote an article that he just published today. So I have him here with me on the speakerphone. And um, I guess I talked to you last uh, in, months ago when I was on the road from on the way to the gathering in uh, Georgia, and then after that, uh, Wave and I went to Atlanta and uh, were joined by my teacher's daughter and grandson to do the walk from the Carter Center to the King Center, and then uh, Wave and I have been hop-skipping and jumping, went to 15 cities along the way, walked around the block of City Hall beating the drum, asked the mayor for a proclamation of a season of unity, harmony, and peace. And um, I wasn't a very good salesman because only one out of those 15 cities agreed and got a really nice proclamation from them from Petersburg, Virginia, as well as the one we got from Tucson when Wave was there, too. So we got to Greenville Park after the action at the White House. was just walking from this place they called David's Tent in D.C. It's a 24-7 decumenical Christian revival kind of tent meeting in the Washington Mall for three years. Uh, celebrating three years on 9-11 coming up in a couple of days. So we went there and got the peace pole for Jerusalem and had a little talk with him and then walked that over to the White House a mile or so away and set it up in the rose garden for the guard, flower garden lawn where we didn't know we weren't supposed to be. Lafayette Park. Lafayette Park. And then uh, by the time everything finished, the Secret Service guy came on the bicycle and chatted up and uh, was very friendly and took the little flyer with all the information and I told him to please get it to the president. You know, he didn't. He was not going to come out, I guess, because the Secret Service guy didn't know he was coming. So then I decided, well, I'm going to go ahead and pack up. And then the park district lady comes, the park police or whatever, and then she's all kind of irate and she says, uh, 
you can't do this without a permit. And the law says because you've done it, then I have to. That's a legal precedent. Now anybody can do it, and I can't stop them. <laughs> so you kept saying that to me over and over. And that's in Lafayette <laughs> Park, eh? Yeah, in Lafayette Park, right behind the I've been there. for the Proposition 1. And, you know, right behind the Proposition 1 vigil, there's a little square of grass that's now all fenced off with a temporary fence so that they're protected behind their little scene. Then the next thing towards the Andrew Jackson statue there is the this long kind of a lawn area with flowers planted around it. When Wade and I were there in 1980 for an 11-day vigil, we were amazed that every... <laughs> They would come in, the, in one morning and they would rip out all those flowers and put new potted plant flowers in there. They never let them grow. And uh, but anyway, it, it's a real pretty. And there's a lawn in the middle, like a long oval-shaped lawn, and that's where we set up the peace pool and everything in the middle of it. And then uh, Glenn took some pictures and a little video, and that's all included in the article that's on the NewAmericanJournal.net site. Uh, under public affairs just came out today. Wow. I posted it on your Facebook page and all. So next uh, stage is, uh, you know, the president didn't accept the message of peace. I emailed up and down all over oh, every way I could. And then, the uh, that means it has to maybe, uh, that's the third time to try. We did it in 1980 and after the Rainbow Gathering in Virginia, took the peaceful to the White House the Lafayette Park for eight days vigil 24-7. Nobody bothered us, the cops or anything, and then uh, left and then came back with it uh, at the end of the Long Walk for Survival on November 1st, 1980. So that's that's 38 years ago, this coming up, November 1st, All Saints Day. So coming back next time is uh, October 24th to 31st. going to have a gathering here in Greenbelt Park and the Global Peace Council every day from 2 to 4 p.m. in the Sweet Gum Picnic Area, which is an open to the public in the daylight hours for anybody to come. It's like the Greenbelt Park Free Speech Area. It's a huge lawn where the deer graze in the evenings, and that's where we had the camp for the Long Walk for Survival in 1980 in this huge, gently sloped, giant grass meadow kind of thing next to the bathrooms and the big parking lot and so forth. So from 2 to 4 p.m. from October 24th to 31st, we'll have the Peace Council there. And then on November 1st... Uh, next year. This year. Oh, this year. And then, and then November 1st, uh, we do the 12.3-mile walk into Greenbelt Park to the White House by way of going to this David's Kent, D.C. thing. And then they're going to have, at the beginning of November, a big ecumenical, if you're not afraid of Jesus, come and pray to the Creator with us kind of thing. And with teepees and the indigenous people from all tribes, D.C. organization like that on Facebook, they're yelling folks from around the country to come. They've been doing this 24-7, 365, playing music and talking and whatnot for three years on the Capitol Mall in this giant kind of, like, uh, you know, like a big giant uh, pop-up thing you have at a yard sale or something, a giant flat-looking tent with a stage inside and a cross up there and, you know, you know, your drink table and stuff like that and literature table. And they're real nice people. The two women that I met were very receptive to the message about the peaceful for Jerusalem and 
who thanked me for being there and they told me all of what they were about and everything, and how they were excited that the different Muslim and Jewish leaders come by and get along because they're there because the Jesus vibe is good, and this kind of thing. So we're going to walk there first on November from here, uh, five hours all together with rest stops, uh, leaving the All Saints Day, the 1st of November, from Greenbelt Park, Sweet Gun Picnic Area, to the David's Tent, D.C., and then another mile after a little, you know, 20 minutes there or something, another mile walk to the White House, to the Lafayette Park, and then offer the peaceful ceremony again at that time, and also along with it carrying all kinds of environment messages to how to fix the problems that Standing Rock is standing for, and the marches this weekend are all about the climate change. Well, we're bringing the remedies, we're bringing the ideas, we're going to gather them all together in this council, and then uh, bring them to the White House and the government on the All Saints Day, November 1st. So well, really, the, David, that'd yeah. be amazing. You amaze me. Your dedication, you. your energy, you've been devoting your life to this. Several times I've been there. I was there for being around the bush after the, um, uh, we came down after the first Arizona, the first uh, uh, Vermont gathering was on 1991. We came down and had a, they, they had a drum circle there. That was, uh, that was a drum circle and the drum circle right outside the White House. And he said to Dan, the president, uh, who was Bush at the time, said, the drums, the drums, I can't sleep, those goddamn drums, they won't stop. And we were called Beat Around the Bush. And so there are, and uh, that's, that's, that's my nice. part of history. We came down, we stayed in Lafayette Square, and they had rules, you're not supposed to sleep. So that's where we first discovered Greenbelt Park, and that's one place where nearby you can camp for a very, very minimal fee. You can camp, and that's what he's talking about, having his council there. So, David, you'll be an amazing human being. Our paths have crossed down the decades. So glad you called. And uh, and here we are in San Francisco. And keep up the good work. And keep letting us know what's happening. All right, David? I remember All the right. Peace Poll. I remember when we got the Peace Poll out of jail when they arrested the Peace Poll. Where was that? Well, that was in Dallas in 1984 when you and Dana Beal and Plunker put together that Rainbow Peace Caravan to the Democratic and Republican Convention. The Republican Convention in Dallas. And they took the Peace Poll, and you and I and a few others went to the jail and, and liberated the Peace Poll. And I remember us walking out with that. So that Peace Poll itself is a lot of history. Yeah, it does. That was a real powerful experience, the walk with the the punks and the, the radicals doing the war chest tour and taking the peace pool on it so it would keep the peace in Dallas. And then 97 of us got arrested there at the end, including the peace pool. And the, the, the guy that burned the flag at Dallas City Hall steps that That day. was the Revolutionary <laughs> Communist Party. We said to them, don't do that. There's people, there's people who have a, uh, other ideas, but, uh, but uh, and they, 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 they pretended it's okay. But uh, there we are uh, doing our circle uh, march in front, of the, in front of the convention center, I think. And I look down, and there's a burning flag. And I said, oh, no, well, what the heck. And he took, uh, that was Joey. 
he was a young member then of the Revolutionary Communist Party, the RCP, and he took it all the way to the, he took that, and he got arrested, of course, which is what they wanted. I got arrested, and they took it all the way to the Supreme Court, and this is before we had this five to four reactionary court, and the Supreme Court said, this, you can't, this is free speech, burn that flag, isn't that right? Yeah, that's what happened. It wasn't our doing, but it happened. That was Joey. Hey, Joey. Now I see him. He's a middle-aged dude, still with the RCP, still a dedicated Maoist, whatever it is they are, and thinking they're going to take us to the promised land. That's a whole different question. So that was Joey. That was uh, I was there. I looked down. There's a burning flag, and the rest is history. So David Williams, we got so much history. You, 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 represent. It's always good to see you at the Rainbow Gathering with your dedication. Keep up the good work and stay in touch. Val, do you have something you'd like to add to it? Well, uh, Okay, you, thank you, you very much, Dave. Yeah, well, David, did you say you had another uh, guest on the phone, Glenn? Glenn Wilson? Yes, I have Glenn Wilson here, who's the... Oh, yeah, uh, Glenn. He's an experienced journalist. He's kind of like step up from freelance where he's got his own news organization and he's contracted and worked over the years with different, you know, big-time newspapers written articles for him, and he did this article today. Uh, he's here with me. Maybe he wants to say something. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I just like, uh, you know, I, I, I've been a print journalist since the, uh, I've been a print journalist, uh, you know, for 35 years. I made it all the way to the front pages of Sunday New York Times, but I went independent about 15 years ago on the web, and so uh, I ended up in Greenbelt Park I stay here about half the year as a volunteer with the National Park Service, and so I get a campsite, and I'm close. I'm, we're like 12, 13 miles from D.C., so I get to go down and cover everything in D.C. and live live a low carbon footprint life, and and uh, we're pretty cheap. And so I just David came in here and did a program in the park, and the Park Service Ranger here, the the head ranger. Uh, you know, when he does certain programs, he mentions the uh, longest walk from 1978 when the Native American tribes came together and they came here to Greenbelt Park and had an encampment here. And they pretty much spilled up the campground, I think, or maybe they camped in the Sweet Gum picnic area. I don't know. But anyway, they filled up the park and uh, over a thousand people, I think it was, and did their marches on D.C. from here. So it gets mentioned even in the Park Service history of this park, but they really didn't have a lot of information about it. They didn't have a story on their website. They didn't have many pictures. They got one picture of a teepee that was left here. And so uh, when I met David, I got to talking to David. I did a video interview with him. I went downtown and shot the video when he took the Peace Bowl downtown. And I you know, had to think about it for several days and put the story together, but I finally put up a, a – really it's a history story – about the whole longest walk movement and the long walk for survival that David and them did in 1980. And I just kind of put it all together in one place with all the information, a lot of links, a lot of pictures there so that people can find it. Even And so I think the Park Service will even use this story on their website, link to it on the Facebook, you know, and they'll talk about it. It's an important event for the park as well as for the movement, you know, and for Native Americans and so forth. And so now the thing is up. I managed to get it up this morning, and and working with David, we got it perfected. You know, uh, where we're satisfied with the with the story and it's accurate and has the information it needs. So I hope people will check that out. 
Oh, I can't wait to read it. You read it. Hey, brother. And Native people are there. I was there, too. Was there asking uh, asking uh, the then-president, it was the end of the Obama, to free Leonard Peltier. And that's one name you haven't mentioned yet, but that was what brings Native people many times there to Greenbelt. I, I camped there, too, was, was to try to ask whoever is in the White House to free Leonard Peltier. Isn't that right? Yeah. Right. Yes, sir. You see, in Felipe, who you know is doing uh, hosting, in a week from now, roughly, the riders for the Leonard Peltier Freedom Ride from South Dakota on their horses are going to be coming to High Springs, Florida, and they're going to stay at Felipe's place. He's built a sweat lodge bigger. There's big pastures nearby, and that's a few days out from the prison where they'll end where Leonard is. That's Felipe, and Felipe is my close brother, my best friend, and he's in Florida. Isn't that right? That's right. He's in High Springs, Florida, and he's going to be hosting the Peltier Freedom Riders there in about oh, a week on their way. And uh, so he's also going to bring his kitchen bus to Greenville Park for October 24th to 31st to support this uh, Global Peace Summit kind of thing. And uh, naturally, we're going to bring Leonard Peltier's clemency message to the White House on November 1st. And uh, that's the most important thing that this president can do to poke a finger in the FBI for their corruption and falsifying the evidence that put Leonard in jail. And I don't think this president's much a friend of the FBI, and he should expose their swamp of alligators that did this thing, and uh, that's why it would be good for him to let Leonard out of jail right now. Hey, David, your optimism, your eternal optimism uh, 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 amazes me. My, your eternal optimism delights me. And hey, will you tell Felipe, contact me on Facebook. I want to have a new number, and he doesn't have it. And I just realized he doesn't. Do I have it with me? But anyway, I'm going to put it on my Facebook page. But tell uh, when you see Felipe, let him know. And uh, how can we do this? Anyway, we'll connect. I need to talk to my brother Felipe, and I, okay. I, I need to help make that happen. I, I, I can send him your, your new phone number through our messaging here, Dave. Uh, so we, we can do that off air. We'll send it. We'll okay. make sure Felipe has my new phone number. So that's a, and that's a, that's a good side benefit to what happened because Felipe, Felipe and I are brothers for life. Hell Very yeah. good. So David, I, I'm always amazed by your optimism, by your activity, by your belief in the goodness of others, even Donald Trump. Oh my goodness. David, keep up the good work. Thanks for calling. Nope. Yes. Okay, thank you very much, Diamond Dave. Love you. Have a good day. And, and, you, it, and you too, Glenn. Thank Glenn. you so much for that article. We are going to post it on our Facebook page, Common Thread Collective. I found the link. Um, and uh, yeah, we want to keep keep the keep the word going, spreading the word, spreading the love, uh, working towards peace all across yeah, the world. Washington, D.C. for what to do. What a good reason. Uh, Greenbelt Park is there. It's a campsite. You can come and camp there. You can put your teepee up. You can put your tent up. You can roll out whatever you have, and you'll meet a bunch of interesting people, and it's just for a couple dollars a night. Greenbelt Park, just outside Washington, D.C., that's a good place to go. And so I highly recommend it, having stayed there myself. 
Wow. What a day here on the Common Thread Collective. It's so good to be here at mutinyradio.fm here in San Francisco's Mission District, being able to be a platform, um, a hub of communication for people from around the country and around the world to call in, uh, to, to come in and be a part of this conversation where we're looking for a community, we're looking towards solutions, we're, we're working towards peace and, and a healthy planet. And it's is a, a very uh, uplifting kind of day. Strangers becoming friends, friends becoming family, family becoming community, and community the community on the move. That's, That's our, our movement, movement. The common thread. So hey Val, uh, he's been gone for a while, but here he's sitting in front of me. I'm talking about brother Rob. Rob. Hello, hello. Uh, it's take us out. Of, I know you have some music in mind, and if you have something to add to it about us coming together and going out there in the world. And you're, Oh, you're going to be playing at the March tomorrow, aren't you? At the Embarcadero. Embarcadero. A group of artists are going to be uh, entertaining, and I will be with them, yes. That's at 10 o'clock, so come yes. on through. So let's get a taste of what you're going to be doing, because today uh, was all about all that. When I'm, uh, when I'm sitting here listening to the, uh, the show, waiting for my turn, I always try to key into what the uh, unofficial theme is shaping up to it be. It emerges. And today it seems to be emerging as um, getting rid of borders and inclusion. So I know the perfect song to throw into that mix. Um, this, is a, uh, this is by one of the great folk singers of all time, Mr. Paul McCartney. Don't laugh, don't laugh. He I don't actually laugh. he's a fellow human being. He's he, got a new record out too, I saw. He and he actually did go halfway to writing one of the greatest folk songs ever. Um, he didn't go all the way, but I jumped in and I threw out half of his lyrics and I rewrote half of them. And I like to think that this is maybe how this song would have turned out had Paul and John still been writing together in the seventies. Oh my goodness. So here you go. Inclusion, no borders. This is uh, let him in. I thought you. I thought also no boredom. No borders. <laughs> no boredom. Here we be. Take it away, Rob. Someone knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. Someone knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. Do me a favor. Open the door. And let him in Someone knocking at the door Somebody's ringing the bell Someone knocking at the door Somebody's ringing the bell Do me a favor, open the door And let him in Single mommies, dirty commies, the non-binary, the tea party, the convicts and the uh, kissing cousins, open the door, let them in. Refugees and the hemp trees, the pacifists and the homeless, the veterans and the lesbians, open the door, let them in, the 
KKK, the WNBA, the pedophiles and the crocodiles, the CEOs, the Jews and Muslims, open the door, let them in. Someone knocking at the door, somebody's ringing the bell. Someone knocking at the door, somebody's ringing the bell. Do me a favor, open the door, and let him in. Wow. <laughs> Very funny. Very and, and I will uh, follow that up with one of my own. This is uh, a black satire on the American personality. This is called Me. Who's that sneaking into my bed? A homeless bum with a brick to smash my head. There's a gun under my pillow. One of us soon be dead. You're gonna get it. Who's that sneaking into my pants? Some queer Charlie looking for a queer Charlie dance. The Bible don't abide, no pansexual dalliance. He ain't gonna get it. Do I support your desire to be free? I don't know what's in it for me. Who's that sneaking into my life? Some Disney princess wanna be a Disney wife. Well, do you make more money than I do? And are you cool if I fuck around on you? Then you might get it. Who's that sneaking through the tall grass? Jailbait Joni likes my style and class. Face like a donkey, but a donkalicious ass. She sure gonna get it. Don't tell, baby. Do I support your desire to be free? I don't know what's in it for me. Who's that sneaking into my tent? Some five-year-old wants to be held like an infant. Ain't you read the personal space commandment? You ain't gonna get it. Who's that sneaking into my land? Brownie serving whitey, foot and hand. Exploit em and blame em. Ain't life grand, they ain't gonna get it. Do I support their desire to be free? Welcome to the land of liberty.
that sneaking into my stash. I need more loopholes to protect my cash. It's fun to bitch and moan about the welfare state. But welfare is 99% corporate. We keep on getting it. Who's that sneaking into my mind? Some hippie fool crying about the ones left behind. There may be starving babies, but they sure ain't mine. They ain't gonna get it. Do I support your desire to be free? I don't know what's in it for me. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? You are, let's get on the same page. I say, you are, let's get on the same page. Get on the out of the box, and you'll be a push the envelope kind of guy. Yes, and you'll indeed. be pushing the envelope. Yes, you got indeed. anything inspirational? Here we go. I got you, one Barbara, more. Barbara, what do, you, do you have some poetry or something, something you'd like to do? What are you doing? Uh, I, no, I got something else I have to do right now. Okay. I, I'm in for uh, more. I got a short poem. Yeah, okay, sure. Poem and then we can play some music too after this. So take us out. It's been a great afternoon. And Rob, it's so good to see you again. Pushing the envelope. I mean, should I right now? Or are you? Yeah, okay. Here we go. Just a poem that I've been working on this week that also ties into the, uh, the attitude of, of today. Um, this is called Crimes Table. Okay. And this is ged- dedicated to Jeff Bezos. Oh, no. <clears throat> Amazon dude. Uh, the <laughs> CEO the and founder of the Amazon. The man in the world, they say. There you go. Jeff Bezos. Raise your hand if you have less than you need. Come step into the truth that makes eyes bleed. Raise your hand if you have just what you need. An enviable state, may we be agreed? Raise your hand if you have twice what you need. Perhaps pragmatism you now exceed? Raise your hand if you have ten times what you need. Ethically embarrassing, can't you concede? Raise your hand if you have one hundred times what you need. Just how deep are the depths of greed? Raise your hand if you have one thousand times what you need. Humanity's healing you immovably impede. Raise your hand if you have one million times what you need, while others cry, die, suffer, and plead. The poor are powerless to proceed. There is no God to intercede. Mass murder is no minor misdeed. You imperil your imperative to breathe and breed. My goodness. So let's get together. Love one another. Hey, Rob, so good to see you. Uh, <laughs> Wonderful push, to be here, Dave. Pushing the envelope. Yeah. I've missed hey, you, Val. i missed you, Dave. It's good to be back. Here we are, good back in a beautiful day. Take it away, Val. I think it's been an amazing show, and it's a to-be-continued. It is. We are, we are continuing. And so here's some music um, in light of the climate march that's coming up tomorrow here in San Francisco and around the world. Um, this is some music from our friend Karaj Lost Coast from his album uh, suite called oil and water and this is a song that i like to play it's called the climate of denial
different today. Seven billion more on the way. Pulse of the planet increases disarray as the ice melts away. Turn up the echo, hear the decay. Analog heartbeat on digital delay. A junkie drummer still searching for a vein as the timing slips away. Selling out tomorrow for today. Another spring. Waiting for the snow, warm breeze, unsettled down below. Antarctica, reservoir of ice, twice the size of Texas, melts before our eyes, ocean level rises, it comes as no surprise, and the coastline slips away, soils exhausted, crops waste away, increased drought and famine, Nothing gold can stay Our endless summer Lasts another day As the seasons slip away Selling out tomorrow for today Another spray Waiting for the snow Warm breeze Unsettled down below Pressure drops and starts to spiral in this climate of denial. Temperatures rising. Global corporate greed 
Spanish barroom Living for the day, forget tomorrow Another spray, waiting for the snow Warm breeze, unsettled down below Politics and profits for survival In this climate of denial
cabin in the woods Addictions and obsessions never did me any good Waiting out the storm clouds of gas and steam No one seems to know what any of it means I've been tearing myself down A shot went off without a sound In the heart of a ghost town Keeping my feet upon the ground I've been laying my roots down In the heart of a ghost town Illusions and apparitions Dust back into dust Learn to trust our intuition Is this the promised land or bust? Fall out of our ambition Can more be ever enough? Now the water is poisoned The sky's alarming The soil's too hot to touch Built a ladder to the sun Wrestle to the ground Wind chimes recall generations Lost without a sound Flashing orange warning lights No sign is slowing down If no one sees it No one hears it How will we resurrect our spirit?
troubles It's not like you're gonna use them anymore Another shot at impermanence But the world keeps pounding on the door Over hell or high water You can bet your last dollar Day, the more things change, it's no different than before. Vaulted ceilings and painted glass, heightened hopes and fears. Waiting on a miracle that isn't any near. If the stars would ever allow it, bring to light what seems far out of reach. our side through all the uncertainty You've got your reasons to doubt it Would the daylight appear if the stars would allow it Shrug off all common sense Surrender silence to the noise Is it designer coincidence? And is blood as thick as oil? We hit the ground running Never see it coming Corporations conspire with religion till we're senseless on the floor. While purple seas of madness despoil Earth's majesty, we dream of halcyon skies and pastoral harmonies. If the stars would ever allow it, ancient light for all the world to see. Abandoned valleys, darkened streets So many reasons to doubt it Would the dream reappear if the stars would allow it? it takes a leap of faith to keep on trying Beyond lost prayers and false horizons Keep looking up, hoping peace will be found Shots in midair, grenades on the ground It's hard to think twice What's really going down? Hey everybody, I hope you've been enjoying this music I've been playing here. It's from our friend Karaj, K-A-R-A-J. You can check out his music at KarajLostCoast.com. Um, yeah, oil and water. That is the name of the game today here, folks. So we've been talking about the rise, um, March for 
sorry, March for Climate, Jobs and Justice that's happening here in San Francisco and around the world tomorrow, Saturday, uh, September 9th, 2018. Um, here in San Francisco, you can meet down near the Ferry Building and the Embarcadero Plaza starting at 10. Uh, the March up Market Street will begin at 11. There will be two distinct um, moments of ceremony both at 11 o'clock and at 2 p.m. But once you get to Civic Center, there's going to be a huge resource fair. It's a very grassroots um, event here locally and in San Francisco, but also throughout Cal- from people throughout California. And um, as uh, Kelly Johnson was saying, they're going to be making or assembling what they plan for as to be the world's largest mural. Um, that's a pretty big order. So um, that's... That's a lot of what's happening here this weekend. And so I hope you tune in. Um, and thanks for listening to Common Thread Collective today. But also um, on Women's Magazine this afternoon, I had some guests, some indigenous women, um, both from uh, from out of state and from the Bay Area. We had Gilda uh, Yazdi, who is the pres- uh, vice president of the National Organization for Women. She's of the Diné people. Uh, the, from the Four Corners. She's in town for the Climate March. She was my guest on, on Women's Magazine, along with Penny Opal Plant, who's a founder of Idle No More Bay Area, um, one of the, certainly one of the strongest um, and most outspoken leaders here in the Bay Area uh, for indigenous rights and environmental justice, along with Karina Gould, um, who has been deeply involved in the East Bay um, protecting Ohlone land, uh, fighting to defend the sacred site of the West Berkeley Shell Mound, which the city of Berkeley just recently denied yet another permit to build uh, on the sacred site. Um, uh, Karina Gould is also part of uh, the one of the only, or if not the first, um, women-led community land trust organizations that has a piece of property um, that they've ta- that they've uh, acquired in the East Bay or in Oakland. Um, and so, uh, and Mona Lisa Wallace was here uh, also. Uh, Green Feminist is her handle if you check her out on Twitter. Uh, she is an attorney and um, she was t- talking about how we can really have objectives to um, these actions, such as a march. You know, uh, you can actually, you know, we can actually look at how we can change and amend the laws to protect the environment and protect the rights of people who live in these, you know, kind of, um, fragile, fragile places, um, where industry often wants to just take over. So, um, a big day here at Mutiny Radio. I hope you'll tune into those podcasts and, um, listen to the voices that came through. Um, I want to make a few other announcements also happening this weekend here in San Francisco is the Green Film Festival. So it's the eighth annual San Francisco Green Film Festival. It's, it's been happening. It started yesterday. It goes through September 13th. Um, it returns for its eighth year with a week of new environmental films, discussions, and special events that spark green ideas and connections. I don't know, a, a film that I, I got called about uh, from a, a woman, I think it was Mona, who's uh, at the San Francisco State uh, Film Department, and she's made a film uh, about, uh, which is up for an award, which is about when we occupied the, uh, when we occupied the Hay-Lachbury Neighborhood Council, 
council recycling area. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? I and, do. And the park uh, evicted us. Right. And because of my connections with the hate back then, and I brought Occupy, and I, I've been told I play a big role in that film. And when is it? I think it's the 12th. It's going to be shown the well, there's a whole, there's a whole schedule if you go to greenfilmfest.org, um, and I mean there's tons of, of films that are that are playing throughout the week. I'll be there. We don't it, know the name of that one. When we tried it, when we occupied and tried to save the hate ice river, the hate ice river, the recycling center the right recycling there by Kizar Stadium. And if you remember, I do. Uh, the film ends with when I had um, Ed Dunn. The son who was running it, I had him here on the show. Do you remember that? I do remember Ed Dunn being on the show. Yeah, the, I mean, it was a huge thing because the the, na- the, the, the the like neighbors, right, the neighborhood group said that they didn't want to have the recycling center there because it was uh, attracting, you know, folks that they didn't want to be around. Um, but also, in addition to the recycling center, there was a native plant nursery. That's right. So um, the, you know, a group of neighbors kind of raised a stink, um, got the recycling center evicted the city took it over and now the city has a kind of community garden there um but i i do recall i mean it was a it was a lot of uh and the part of the film takes place right here a lot of around uh, this table it's on the film where we interview ed dunn and we talk about the history of the recycling center that's uh, that i'm told that's in the film yeah. And so oh, that it, the, when he was here? When he was here. I, re, I recall. I recall. Well, it's now in the Sofiana Reader so Do you know what, do you know what the name of that it. film is called, Dave? I'm not. Uh, I don't think she told me, but I think we could probably figure it out. We could. Uh, we uh, could. Recycling Center. Save the Recycling Center. It's a film that will be shown, I think, on the 12th of September. Okay. Uh, after, uh, That's good part to know. As part and parcel of the Greenfield. So we, we are connected. All right. And um, so... Yeah, tickets, general admission is 15. Um, if you're a member, it's 13. If you're a senior or disabled over 65, it's 14. And then youth are free with a student ID. Um, you can also buy a six-pack of tickets um, as well. Um, there's a, uh, let's see. So, yeah, again, check out greenfilmfest.org. Um, you can also call the box office at 415 552 Five five eight zero. That's four one five 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 two five five eight zero, and yeah, check out the Green Film Festival. And I'm going to be going to one of them tomorrow the night. Uh, down near the Contemporary Museum, there at what Second and Mission. Uh, in that space, isn't it? Where is the Green Film Festival? You know, I think they're in different places. Okay, There's well, uh, one, one of the places is definitely down at Fort Mason. Well, well this is going to be the one much near where the Contemporary uh, Art Museum is. And we're all that right there, right across from the Jewish Museum. I think you know where, just out of Mission Street, Second and Mission. That's where it's going to be shown. Okay. The, 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 the film I'm talking about, mm-hmm. that in which I play a big role, and which one of the scenes is right here at Mutiny Radio, when we interview Ed Dunn. And right here on the Common Thread Collective. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to go see Warrior Women. That's at Cowell Theater um, down at Fort Mason. But there are shows, as you said, Dave, in different places. Uh, Yerba Buena Center for the Arts. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find that, what what film that might be. Um, I think it's the 12th. My memory serves me well. At Yerba Buena. Okay. All right. So go check it out. Check it out, folks. Um, hey, Dave, you know what is also very exciting? 
Our friend E.K. Keith E.K. Um, is being published. Her poetry is being published by Nomadic Press. And um, she, they're having a book release party. So her, her book is called Ordinary Villains, which is a, such a great title. Um, but Nomadic, Nomadic Press is based in East Bay. It's in Oakland. Um, over on Telegraph in Oakland. And so on Saturday, September 22nd from 7 to 9 p.m., there's going to be a book release event and there's going to be, they're actually releasing uh, seven books are going to be launched that night from Nomadic Press. And so all the authors are going to be there to read a short selection from their books. It is a free event, Saturday the 22nd, 7 to 9 p.m. at Nomadic Press. That's at 2301 Telegraph Avenue in Oakland. Um, so that's very exciting. Uh, definitely go check out, buy a copy of um, E.K. Keith's book of poetry called there Ordinary Villains. I hope she comes uh, by. Her, her editor was Natasha Dennerstein, who's another amazing poet here in the Bay Area, uh, originally from Australia. And uh, yeah, it's a big, it's a, it's very exciting. Um, also, E.K. let me know about an event she's a part of next Sunday, which is September 16th, up in Petaluma. It's the Petaluma Poetry Walk, the 23rd annual Petaluma Poetry Walk, um, downtown Petaluma, Sunday, the se September 16th, from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m., so all day, and all the events are free and within walking distance. EK is going to be at Aquas Cafe from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, that's on 189H Street on the corner of 2nd and H in Petaluma, and she's going to be reading with San Francisco Poet Laureate Kim Shuck. Yeah. Tongo Eisen Martin, who just won a California Book Award, and also uh, QR Hand. Wow. So that's going to be an amazing lineup up there. If you're up in the uh, North Bay or you're feeling like going up to Petaluma, it's a lovely little town. Um, so congratulations to EK for her book, her upcoming book, and we'll be sure to announce that again because we will be here next Friday, September 14th here at Mutiny she will Radio. Be too. And maybe she will be too. Maybe so. Well, Dave, it's been a great show. Um, I know everybody's got to kind of gear up for tomorrow. So um, wishing everybody a great evening. See you there. We'll see you, to, we'll see you out at the march tomorrow. Um, it's something that's happening around the world. So uh, very exciting. Um, I'm going to read a poem. And then, uh, and then I'll play a little music and we'll just let this cruise on out. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Mutiny Radio today. Um, also, looking forward, looking ahead into October, Litquake's coming up. I'm going to be performing in Litquake at Cafe du Nord on Friday night, October 19th, 8 p.m., with Jenny Lim um, uh, and the Brown Fellinis. And uh, Paul, I forget his name, he's a guy who um, is inter integral in organizing the Paseo Artistico over here on 24th Street. Paul Robles, I think is his name, his, if I remember his last name correctly. And another really amazing poet, um, Rico, I've seen him perform at SF Jazz uh, Center. So uh, I'm really looking forward to being a part of that in October as uh, the world celebrates literary, the literary arts uh, here in San Francisco. So here is a poem it's called The Redwoods. 
The redwoods remind us of where we are rooted as we reach for our calling. So much has and will come to pass, witness every stage of development. So grand and immeasurable, we can only see horizons going up the tree. Yet each fleck is soft flesh. Each twist of bark was crafted by heat and cloud, holding to center and to each other, each growing in its own weather. I'm Global Val. Peace to you all. Thank you, Diamond Dave. Good to be here with everyone today. Growing in our own weather. Well, see, it's a beautiful day in San Francisco. Growing in our own weather, whether you like it or not. Ho, ho, ho. Take it away, Val. All right, I'm going to play some music, uh, more music from Mary Isis. Uh, Definitely listen, tune in to maryisismusic.com. You can also find her um, music on SoundCloud, Spotify. Uh, definitely support her. She's an amazing artist. And so let's play a song that's called Light in Your Heart. Peace, y'all. We love you. We love you. Just when you thought it was all over for today. Oh, no, no, no. The Common Thread Collective goes on and on. And and we'll be playing some more music after this. But we realized, Dave and I were sitting here, we realized that we wanted to make um, a couple of announcements. One, a great big thank you to our friends at Organic Valley for supporting this show and uh, letting us um, know that... that, we're doing good work here. Um, thank you for supporting our show and, and making it possible for Dave to, to continue to do what he does here on the radio um, and, and, and for the great work that they do uh, as a large profitable organization, but it's made up of a collective. It's the collective model. It's making sure that uh, family farms can thrive um, organically in an environment of, of big agriculture um, and provide you know healthy foods uh, for people to enjoy and consume around the country. And that's Organic Valley, family of farms. We find their amazing web website. They become uh, they they out of Lafarge, Wisconsin, right there in the very center of the in Lafarge, Wisconsin. Organic Valley. Hey George, thanks for all you guys do. Keep up the good work. Week after week, we be supported. Okay, Val. And on a very serious note, um, something that has been going on since um, 
I believe August 25th is the nationwide, even including Canada in some cases, prison strike. Um, I encourage you to check out incarceratedworkers.org. Um, that is the, the organizing committee. Um, so update prison strikes week three. Uh, they put up um, an update just yesterday. Um, and here is some of the word from there. This is from, uh, issued by Prison Strike Media Team. New word of protest action within the prisons continues to reach us almost every day as the national prison strike enters its third and final week. We expect to continue getting reports from inside in the coming months as lockdowns and communication restrictions ease. Speaking to a small group of journalists and activists at a press conference call on September 1st, Eddie, an inside jailhouse lawyer speak representative said, quote, on behalf of the inside organizers of this particular prison led movement, you have to understand that a lot of prisoners don't really want to communicate openly. A lot of prisoners are fearful. This is not a normal situation. I think a lot of people don't understand that prisons are barbaric and they are not transparent at all. Eddie goes on, reporters and everyone else have to do their research on how people have been targeted in the past. Like right now, we know there's an all out manhunt for jailhouse lawyers speak leaders. So jailhouse lawyers speak is a group um, that organizes, uh, helps organize these, these strikes. Um, we already know we already know this right here. They're looking for leaders right now, and they want to take our heads off. Uh, Eddie referenced two leaders in the 2010 strike in Georgia prisons who were attacked savagely. Kelvin Stevenson was beaten with hammers, and Terrence Dean was left partially paralyzed, as well as actions by the state of California in 2013 to torment and isolate hunger strikers. He continued, quote, and then you have the Free Alabama movement. We have where they were targeted in 2016. Not just them, but we have brothers out in Lucasville that were targeted as leaders, and these individuals were placed in even more horrific confinement. One thing the jailhouse lawyers speak, always say, is don't put your face out there. Don't put your name out there under any circumstances because if we're doing five years or 10 years on Supermax, there's nothing any of you at all can do. And all you all and all you all have done is assisted the system in removing us. We'd be killing our movement off and that's what we don't want to happen. So we won't have time for publicity stunts and we understand the nature of what we're dealing with back there. Um, a full write-up of the press conference will be released in the coming days. In the meantime, organ outside organizers urge the public to emphasize the original impetus for the strike, which is the incident at Lee Correctional Institute in South Carolina on April 15th of this year, 2018. Um, People reporting on the strike are reminded of the importance of discussing all of the demands of the prisoners, uh, the demand to end prison slavery, uh, while important, should not overshadow the other nine demands. Hey, let me reference those demands. These are the national demands of the men and women in federal, immigration, and state prisons. Number one, immediate improvements to the conditions of prisons and prison policies that recognize the humanity of imprisoned people. Two, an immediate end to prison slavery. 
All persons imprisoned in any place of detention under the United States jurisdiction must be paid the prevailing wage in their state or territory for their labor. Three. The Prison Litigation Reform Act must be rescinded, allowing imprisoned humans a proper channel to address grievances and violations of their rights. 4. The Truth in Sentencing Act and the Sentencing Reform Act must be rescinded so that imprisoned humans have a possibility of rehabilitation and parole. No human shall be sentenced to death by incarceration or serve any sentence without the possibility of parole. 5. An immediate end to the racial overcharging, over-sentencing, and parole denials of black and brown humans. Black humans shall no longer be denied parole because the victim of the crime was white, which is a particular problem in southern states. 6. An immediate end to racist gang enhancement laws targeting black and brown humans. 7. No imprisoned human shall be denied access to rehabilitation programs at their place of detention because of their label as a violent offender. Uh, hey, that, I like that one. You know, like, hey, let's take the violent people and help them not be violent. What do, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, number eight, state prisons must be funded specifically to offer more rehabilitation services. Nine, Pell Grants, those are federal education grants. Pell Grants must be reinstated in all U.S. states and territories. Again, rehabilitation, if that's what it's really all about, let's let people get education. You think they're going to be able to pay for it when they're making two cents an hour? No. Federal Grants, Pell Grants, reinstated. They had them before, they want them back. And the 10th demand on this list is the voting rights of all confined citizens serving prison sentences, pretrial detainees, and so-called ex-felons must be counted. Representation is demanded. All voices count. So um, this is a national prison strike also up in Canada, so North America. Um, there are work strikes, boycotts of commissaries, um, so in California, the New Folsom Prison, um, the CSP in Lancaster, there's a hunger group, uh, hunger group hunger striking there. In Florida, um, work strikes and boycotts of commissaries in Charlotte Correctional Institution, uh, Dade Correctional Institution, Holmes, uh, Appalachia, and Franklin. In Georgia, the Georgia State Prison at Reedsville, Georgia Diagnostic and Clarification State Prison in Jackson. Uh, in Indiana, the Wabash Valley um, Correctional Institution, prisoners in a segregation unit initiated a hunger strike on the 27th, demanding adequate food and, and to end to cold temperatures in the unit. In Kentucky, there's a boycott um, in the Manchester Federal Prison, Maryland, Jessup Correctional Institute, a small group engaged in work stoppage. Um, Michigan, a group of prisoners are boycotting all phone contact and payment to the Global Tell Link. So yeah, the one of the things that um, kind of keep prisoners uh, from communicating is uh, a high cost of for phone minutes. So one of the first things that actually, uh, one of the first effects of this prison strike happened in Texas where um, phone minutes used to be 26 cents a minute and they brought it down to 6 cents a minute. 
Uh, in New Mexico, Lee County Correctional Facility in Hobbs, New Mexico, prisoners organized a work stoppage against conditions at the prison, uh, which is operated by the private corporation Geo Group, uh, which is also um, the group that has all of these private prisons for for um, immigration immigration detention centers um, that are making a billion dollars a year in contracts from the U.S. government, by the way, Geo Group. Uh, North Carolina. Um, oh, by the way, in New Mexico, all facilities in New Mexico were placed on lockdown status on the morning of August 20th. A statewide lockdown uh, has since been lifted um, for all except Lee County. North Carolina um, at the Hyde Correctional Institute, um, they demonstrated in solidarity with the strike. Uh, at least one prisoner has been retaliated against at the Polk Correctional Institute for alleged strike activity, and there are unconfirmed rumors of broader participation across the state of North Carolina. Ohio, South Carolina, Texas, Virginia, Washington, Nova Scotia, Canada. Um, so this is happening, uh, folks, because we have so many people behind bars and and constitutionally they're still you know can technically be enslaved um the so it's a it's a definitely a, a highly racist system um with with a, a legacy of um you know when when slavery was so-called abolished in the u.s uh, it still allowed for people who are incarcerated to to work for slave wages and guess what the who the laws were made uh against initially after slavery became illegal against the african americans and of course that has extended to um latino americans as well so um we see a, a racist history of incarceration the very least uh rehabilitation services need to be offered so that we can get these people out of prisons, they can re-enter society, um, and we can stop spending all this money on keeping people behind bars and spending more money on prisoners than we do on school children. So um, in solidarity with the prison strike around the country, check out incarceratedworkers.org for updates. And um, yeah, keep it up. Keep it up to be continued. Hey, brothers and sisters, the beat goes on. Take it away, Val. All Thank right. You. So after all that heavy, heavy stuff. Wow. <laughs> heavy, heavy stuff. Uh, for real. Um, I am going to play some more Mary Isis music to, to soothe us from, from, from some of these social ills. Peace, y'all. Wow. Hey, Val, that's great. Thank you. Reminders carved into stone Truth through the ages Feel it deep in my bones Every cell in my body Is working as one In perfect harmony Shining as the sun Taking in all the Brilliance of this moment in time. 
crops waste away. Increased drought and Troublemakers Union, anti-fascist funk. You see, we can see what you're doing to me and he and she and she and she. What the enemy, they cannot see, cannot see our unity. Worldwide, worldwide, we're on your side. And we cannot not see what you're doing to you and me. The enemy is arrogance, the enemy is greed. 
struggle if you want some. You got to make trouble. Freedom is a constant struggle if you want some. You got to make trouble. We're the troublemakers. Help us save the world. 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 Well, I have never talked about this topic. I won't say I've never talked. Howard Zinn. But I've never talked about this topic. You know, the artist and society. In a time of course, of I've war. thought about it. My wife is a painter. I have artist friends. Some of my best friends <laughs> are artists. <laughs> Some of them are here observing me. Uh, but as I say, yeah, I, I've th thought about it, of course, all of us have. And, uh, and what comes to mind when I think of the, you know, the relationship of the artist to society, what should be the relationship of the artist to society. And with me, it's always a question of what should be and not what is. But I think of the word transcendent, which is a word I've never used in public. But it was the only thing I could come up with to describe uh, what I think about the role of the artist. And by that I mean, you know, not, you know, Immanuel Kant's, well, yes, sort of close to it, but not really <laughs> his idea of what is transcendent, something like it. But the, the idea is that the artist transcends the immediate, uh, transcends the here and now. The artist well, transcends the madness of the world, transcends the madness of terrorism, transcends the madness of war. And uh, the artist thinks outside the framework and acts and paints and does music and writes outside the framework that society has, has created. And, and the artist may do s no more than and I don't mean to minimize it by saying no more than. The artist may do more than you know, give us uh, beauty and laughter, uh, passion, surprise, drama. And that's, that's good. <laughs> uh, that is, the artist needn't apologize for just doing that. Because in doing that, the, the artist is telling us what the world should be like, even if it isn't that way now. And the artist is, is taking us away from the moments of horror that we experience every day in this world, some days more than others, and, and showing us something else, showing us what is possible. There's no need for an artist to apologize about just giving us something that is passionate and beautiful 
and funny or any of those. No, no need to apologize for that. Yeah. But there is more. As the artist can do more, yes, should, should do more. Not only that, but more. Because the artist is also a citizen, the artist is a human being. I mean, I face that in a different way in that uh, if I'm, uh, if I can be classified, well, yeah, the, the society classifies me. Say, I'm a historian. That scares me. <laughs> to be classified, I'm a historian. But I don't want to be just a historian. And, but the, the society uh, disciplines us. It puts us into a discipline. You're a historian. You're a businessman. You're an engineer. You're a this. You're a that. And the first thing somebody asks you at a cocktail party is, what do you do? <laughs> Which means, uh, you know, what, what is your profession? What is your, you know, how are you categorized? And the problem is that people begin to think that that's what they are and that's all they are, that they're professionals in something. And you hear the word professionalism being used, and people say, you've got to be professional. Whenever you hear the word, I get a little scared, because uh, that limits human beings to working within the limits set by this you know, profession. As a historian, I, I would face this, and there would be, during the Vietnam War, there would be meetings of, of historians. Uh, can you imagine what a wonderful feeling that is? To be among 2,000 historians at a meeting. Uh, and, uh, and I remember during the Vietnam War, this question was, at one of our great meetings of historians, the war was raging in Southeast Asia, and the question was, should historians take a stand on the war? And there was a big debate on this. Really, there's a big debate on this. And uh, some of us you know, introduced a resolution saying, you know, we historians think the United States should get out of Vietnam. A simple little thing. And then there were others who said, no, uh, it's not, it's not that we don't think the United States should stay in Vietnam. It's not that at all. It's just that we're historians. It's not our business. Hey, whose business is it? So the historian says, it's not my business. And the businessman says, it's not my business. And the lawyer says, it's not my business. And you know, the artist says, it's not my business. And whose business is it? You mean we're going to leave the business of the most important issues in the world to the people who run the country? <laughs> I mean, how stupid can you be? <laughs> I mean, haven't we had enough experience historically with leaving the important decisions to the people in the White House or the people in Congress or the people in the Supreme Court or the people who dominate the economy? We've had lots of experience leaving the important decisions to them because the citizen doesn't know he's a citizen, he thinks he's only a doctor or a lawyer or a historian or an artist or whatever. But back in the 18th century, Rousseau said, you know, I see all sorts of people who are doing this and doing that and doing this and doing that, but where are the citizens among us? You know, everybody 
everybody must be involved. There are no experts. Well, there are. I remember during the Vietnam War, I keep going back because that's, you know. There are certain historical moments when learning is more intense than at any other period. I mean, this is one of those moments, too, right now, after September 11th. But Vietnam was one of those moments when learning is compressed uh, into a short span of time and place. And one of the things we learned about during those years was about experts and about when the war started and people would ask questions, why are we there? <laughs> Say, well, listen to the experts. The experts would get on television and tell us why we're there. And I remember the British actor, an artist, right? Actors are artists. Uh, the British actor, Peter Ustinov, spoke out against the war in Vietnam. And then somebody said, Ustinov, he's an actor. <laughs> He's not an expert. And the snuff replied, there are experts in little things, but there are no experts in big things. There are experts in this fact and that fact and that fact, but there are no moral experts. And it's important to remember that, that all of us, whatever we do, have the right to make moral decisions about the world and undeterred by the cries that will come up, oh, you, you don't know, you're not an expert. These people up there, they know. Well, it takes only a little bit of history to realize how dangerous it is to think that the people who run the country know what they're doing. So the word transcendent comes to mind when I think of the role of the artist in dealing with the issues of the day. And, and I use the word transcendent to suggest that the role of the artist is to transcend the given wisdom, to transcend the word of the establishment, to transcend the orthodoxy, to transcend, uh, to go beyond, to escape uh, what is handed down by the government or what is said in the press, or what is said on television. Uh, because there are people in the arts and people in, in other professions uh, who think, uh, well, uh, yes, let's get involved. But let's get involved in the way we are told to be involved. And then you will see the artists and the, and the other people in professions uh, getting in line in the way that uh, uh, people are expected to get in line when the president says this is what we must do and all everybody else in politics echoes that and this is we, what we must do and uh, and, and you've, we've seen this all around now I mean, how many times have I read in the press since September 11th well we must be united now what do they mean by that I would like us to be united but united around what? And when people say we must be united, most of the time when they say this, they are saying either explicitly 
or implicitly, we must be united around whatever the president tells us to do. Dan Rather, right? TV anchor, anchored to the establishment. Right. Uh, isn't that what an anchor man is? Uh, and Dan Rather gets up on national television and says, Bush is my president. When he says get in line, I get in line. Did any of you read that? Yes, he said it. I mean, I, I make up some things. <laughs> but I didn't make that up, you see. And I thought, here is, here is a, a very important, influential journalist. And he has forgotten the first rule of journalism, which is think for yourself. He's forgotten what that great journalist, I.F. Stone, that, that, you know, the, uh, really, probably, you know, one of the several greatest journalists of the 20th century, what I.F. Stone used to say when, you know, he stopped working for the, for the major media. He, would, he, he was working for regular newspapers, and then he realized he couldn't be himself. He couldn't say what he wanted to do. And so he, he established his own little newsletter, I.F. Stone's Weekly, which became famous for giving you things that you couldn't get you know, anywhere else. And then I.F. Stone was in, would be invited to speak to classes of journalism students. And he would say, I'm going to tell you a number of things, but you really only have to remember if you really want to be a good journalist. You really only have to remember two words. Governments lie. <laughs> Very important to remember. Governments lie. I mean, not just the American government. Governments, in general, lie. Uh, and when I say all governments lie, that may sound like an anarchist statement. The anarchists have something there. <laughs> yeah. They're right to be skeptical and suspicious of people who hold governmental power because the tendency of people who hold governmental power is to lie in order to maintain that power. And rather when he said that, the president says, get in line, I get in line, he uh, violated that, you know, Hippocratic oath of journalists that is implied in the profession of journalism of think for yourself. It's a kind of statement you would expect from a journalist in a totalitarian state, not somebody living in a democracy. And then, talking about getting in line, and then you have Al Gore, who accepted his defeat graciously, so graciously that he became humble, overwhelmingly humble, <laughs> so that when all of this happened, uh, Gore announced, Bush is my commander-in-chief. I thought, I don't think he's read the Constitution. <laughs> the Constitution says that the president is the commander-in-chief of the armed forces. <laughs> he's not the commander-in-chief of the country, of all of us, you see. Uh, 
But here were all these people rushing to get in line, rushing to, to get inside the perimeter you know, of power. You know. And it's the job of the artist to transcend that, to think outside the boundaries, to dare to say things that no one else will say. And uh, fortunately, we've, we've had, uh, all through history, artists who, who dared, dared to do that. Well, I think of Mark Twain, and here he was writing these, these great novels which everybody loved, the stories of wonderful, wonderful storyteller. But when the United States went to war in 1898 against Spain, and then after a quick defeat of Spain, what was called a splendid little war, uh, the United States went to war in the Philippines. That was not a splendid little war, that was a long and ugly war to subdue the Filipinos who wanted to run the Philippines themselves. Uh, a war which in its atrocities uh, foretold the war in Vietnam. Yeah. And Mark Twain became uh, one of the voices speaking out against that war. And when Theodore Roosevelt in 1906, and by then the, the war had been going on for five years, and there were several hundred thousand Filipinos dead. Well, you will not find much in your history books about how many Filipinos died in that war. But in 1906, the U.S. Army committed a massacre in the Philippines. You might call it an act of terrorism. That is, in the sense that innocent people were simply mowed down by an army unit. And, and Theodore Roosevelt sent a message of congratulations to the general who carried out the operation against these these Moros, these Muslims in the southern Philippines who were virtually unarmed, who didn't know anything about modern warfare, men, women, children, just all mowed down, every single one of them. And, and after Roosevelt congratulated the general for this great military victory, uh, Mark Twain denounced Roosevelt uh, for this and became one of the leading, leading protesters against the war in the Philippines. Uh, he stepped out of his role as a, just a storyteller whom everybody loved and got into the fray and dared to say things that so many people in the country were not saying. And of course people then questioned his patriotism. Because as soon as you speak outside the boundaries, as soon as you say things uh, that are different than what the establishment is telling you to say, what the newspapers, what the media, what everybody, including leading intellectuals, are telling you to say, you know, as soon as you do that, the question of your patriotism arises. And uh, Mark Twain said about patriotism and about loyalty, because people asked him, why aren't you loyal? He said, my kind of loyalty was loyalty to one's country, not to its institutions or its office holders. The country is the real thing, the substantial thing, the eternal thing. It is the thing to watch over and care for and be loyal to. Its institutions are extraneous. They are its mere clothing, and clothing can wear out, become ragged, cease to be comfortable, cease to protect the body from winter, disease, and death, to be loyal to rags, to shout for rags, to worship rags, to die for rags, that is a loyalty of unreason. This is important because in the present discussion, boundaries have been set. 
lines have been drawn and people who go outside those boundaries and who dare to criticize uh, official policy uh, are called unpatriotic you know, and disloyal. When they say that, when they accuse dissenters of that, they have forgotten the meaning of loyalty and the meaning of patriotism. Patriotism does not mean support for your government. Patriotism means support for your country, as Mark Twain said. Or as Emma Goldman said, well, roughly around the same time, Emma Goldman, the feminist anarchist, said, uh, she gave a lecture on patriotism, uh, and she said, I love the country, uh, but I don't love the government. And uh, to criticize the government when you think the government is wrong is the highest act of patriotism. Donate button as you come and join us for Mutiny Radio.fm shows, including mine, two to four, friends with Jennifer's. May the luck of the Irish be with you. Oh, Biddy, she says you're wrong, I'm sure. Biddy gave her a belt in the gob and left her sprawling on the floor. Then the war did soon engage. Was woman a woman and man to man. Shillelagh Law was all the rage and row and run to soon began a work of a dark old death to your heart to wealth the boy and cut her shake was it that tail that's a fun and fitting his way Then Mickey Maloney ducked his head when a noggin of whiskey flew at him It missed and landed on the bed the whiskey scattered over Tim By God he revives see how he rises Timothy's rising from the bed. Crying while the world around like blazes, thunder and blazing, and Nick was dead. And what for Bernardo? Can't see your partner up the boy, or try to shake. Was it in truth that tale? That's a fun and fitting in the way. What for Bernardo? Can't see your partner up the boy, or try to shake. Was it in truth that tale? That's a fun and fitting in the way. He was a peaceful man, if you know what I mean. The cops picked up the pieces after Clancy left the scene. He never looked for trouble, that's a fact you can assume. But nevertheless, when trouble would press, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, they're Clancy, oh, they're Clancy. Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom. Was a fighting man, they all knew he was tough. He strutted around the neighborhood just shooting off. I don't want nobody.
Show.